Hawaii, Bim Vindoa, Dodge shit. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Hola, bienvenido a Dajin Shanzo, único podcast que consigue esta arado sobre peo menos o cosa toda vez. Quemo pepai. Quemo e fijo. Wait, shit. <laughs> I forgot the last part. George, did you say unco? Voce decide. Did you say unco? I think Utico is in there somewhere. Oh, it sounded like you it's... said Unko, which is poo in Japanese, which was hard for me to hold back for a second. It's poo. It's not like feces or ex. It's like the childish it's slang. It's the childish slang, yeah. Oh, that's cute. Unko. That sounds like, like a vocal reaction, a, a, a glottoral <laughs> sound of disgust. Unko. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to still do this because I know. Uh, my lady friend listens to this and she will be constantly abusing me i'm sorry saying this on the show if if my lady friend listened to this i would never hear the end of everything you know what i'm tired of these lady friends guys what, what happened liam me and you were supposed to be the single guys here. oh what's, dude what's going on, dude? dude i'm so sorry <laughs> you got a big apartment now matt you just you just have to rent it out <laughs> There's so much empty space till you hear the echo. <laughs> so many corners in which you can practice your Italian. <laughs> so so here at the Dad and Sons podcast, we, we're all about making the best of bad situations. Which means that after two weeks of talking a bunch of bullshit about shit we don't know about, we're going to switch over to topics we actually do know about. Um... <laughs> No, no, Liam, you laugh. However, HDR. You no, we're not. We're not going back. Don't, 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 don't make us go down that roller coaster to hell again. <laughs> HDR, more like hell. Don't repeat that. I like how we didn't look anything up. So, so, but however, this time, instead of, like, talking mad shit about God of War without actually playing it, Liam, you've given it, like, a good 15 hours, right? Yeah. I mean, you say talk about things we know about, but my god, am I not the man to talk about God of War? Holy crap. Wait, really? But you've, you're the one who's been playing it. I, I, I'm like play, the three of us. I, I know. I, I, well, I guess, I guess that ties into the fact that this is, like, if you take Kratos out of this game, like, there is nothing God of War about it whatsoever. It is the oh, least... Oh, snap, really? It is the least God of War game. Like, going back to, like, last week's, the wonderful 101 is closer to being a God of War game than, than this. This is... This is so different. Speaking Wait, of so like, is it just like straight up not a character action button smashing? It, um, I mean, uh, it is, but rollicking it, but it good is, time. It, it is, but it's it's so different. It's it's not even in the same realms of the way you play. And it's weird, you know. We had our whole ten out of ten talk last week, and God of War's been getting unholy amount of praise and stuff like that. And oh, I, I've been oh. playing for fifteen hours, and I, I, oh. I think I see Whoa. why. I think I see why. But, but man, wait, it's... you sound skeptical. Okay, okay, okay. So put it this way: I really want at the bottom line, I want us to stop recording as soon as fucking possible, so I can go and play it. 
So that's a good sign. Oh. That's a good sign. I suppose. That's that, a good oh, sign. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry you feel But I guess way. my expectations were high. And although the game is weirdly... Okay, okay. So it's weirdly relentless. Like, it is non-stop. Moment to moment. Constant action to cinematic to action. And if you didn't know, the game is all completely one shot. There's no cuts of the camera. The camera pans. Oh, how artsy! What? Yeah, and it's funny because this was like one of their marketable things that it was. It was doing this new and inventive, genius thing where the camera never cuts. So what does it do in loading screens? There is no loading screens. So it's it's like streaming in the next level during cutscenes or something. During cinematics, which it, which it seem it, which it absolutely seamlessly. Transit. There are times when I press the pause button to check if it... Because if you press the pause button when it's on a cinematic, it'll tell you. Sometimes I just press it just to check whether or not it's gameplay or cinematic. Because it's so seamless. It is actually ingenious. I don't even know how they've done it. And the whole, like, being so one shot... time pass? Do they do a whole Birdman type thing where it's like time lapses? No. Birdman did a one cut. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that. Yeah, I, I, I completely forgot <laughs> that I did that. But yeah. it, there is, like, time doesn't pass. It's all taking place kind of realish time, I guess. Huh. Well, I mean, like, spoiler alerts for Half-Life 2. There's a scene where you go in a portal and come out on the other side, but it's a week later in the future. Yeah. They, maybe they do something like that? I mean, there are times when you will travel oh, to... You will travel <laughs> to certain... No. You will travel to certain areas. I don't want to spoil it because it was kind of a big yeah, surprise to me. Yeah, don't spoil it. Yeah, you will yeah. travel well, well, I mean, certain... Shut up! You will travel <laughs> to certain areas. I'm sick of saying that sentence. You will travel to certain areas and it will play an animation. So technically it's not cutting. It will like zoom in on something, play an animation of it doing like a oh. mystical magical thing and then it will zoom out to then, I guess have the new level completely loaded in. And it, obviously things are behind doors, so you'll have like Kratos opening a door and it'll be a new level behind you, but it completely uh, does Metroid not cut. Trick. It's always behind Kratos, or then when it goes into a cinematic, it will pan around him and then look at other characters, but it never cuts. And although this does sound amazing and is like a, a, an inventive thing, within the first two hours you forget that that is even happening. I was about to say, yeah, because video games, like, don't really, <laughs> depending on whether or not you're even watching a cutscene, you're not going to see, like, a lot of fading to black cutting to new scene in you just like, forget. Like Half-Life 2. You just yeah. forget. You forget that that's happening. And I think that is a testament to how incredible, and this, I think, is God of War's strongest thing so far, is the world that this game takes place in, this whole Norse themed thing is fucking amazing it is so interesting and so stunning i would go as far as to say it's probably the best looking game i've ever played hands down i don't particularly care for graphics usually or anything like that but there is not only does this game look incredible and i'm playing it on the standard launch ps4 it runs very well but every the way they've done it, so now with the camera being behind Kratos, which I'll get into being why that's good and bad, but one of the good reasons is it makes you look and seem really small. 
And this game is not afraid to throw giant things at you constantly. Giant statues, giant shrines, temples, mountains, monsters, everything. Everything looks big and is so amazingly well designed. It's honestly stunning. It's easily this game's best quality. It's weird because exploring in this game is fantastic and there are so many reasons to just go off the beaten path and explore the like world because it's really enthralling like everything is i don't know how to i don't know really how to put it other than it feels like an adventure like you'll be like so, oh i wonder what's behind that corner and you see like a giant statue of a norse god and then you go up to the statue of the norse god and then all these spirits come out and then you fight them it's it's almost the the ala skyrim going into a cave shit not knowing what to expect but oh, looking oh, you brought it up but looking way better and having more interesting enemies L- Liam. so i oh, oh okay uh, go, go ahead George. go ahead I, I i wanted to ask how authentic the the viking theme feels in comparison to stuff like skyrim because because that's a theme way, that gets banded way, around a lot these days i'm obviously not a norse expert in any way i know the very blatant obvious thor odin midgar nine mm-hmm. realms yggdrasil like the very bare bones of it but it goes so deep into lore and it has like ornaments and statues and it references things constantly. It is like you had all the gods from Olympus and all the Greek mythology and they that was incredibly well researched. It seems that they've done that again for the Norse stuff. And it is so intriguing. And like even though the story is kind of like up and down a little bit and sometimes Kratos is just comedic as fuck because that guy... He just says the most, like, robotic, <laughs> non-human things. I guess he is, like, this guy who's literally scarred forever and, and done insane shit. But sometimes the delivery and the stuff he says is incredibly comedic. It's just like, oh, my God, did he really just say that? So the story is up and down, whereas, like, Kratos' kid, Atreus, is actually really interesting and is holds his own and is not a burden whatsoever. He's really good at pulling the story along. Everything around wanted... the world is what is interesting about that game. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask about that because, like, you have um, uh, uh, in the past just few years, like off the top of my head, since the popularity of Skyrim, which which was an American game by Bethesda, there's been the Banner Saga and Jotun, which were made in like Quebec and Texas, and For Honor was not made in any Scandinavian country, and, and this this God of War was made in California. Yeah. And I'm really interested in knowing what the Norse theme would look like from a developer actually located well, you have in to, you have to look Scandinavia. Back at, you have to look back at what they did with the Greek mythology. Uh, I'm, once again, not an expert on Greek mythology, but it seemed like they did their pretty damn good research around Greek mythology and in, in tying stuff together and having, you know gods who had sons and daughters and they were all entwined together and there was lots of little references to mythology and they seem to have done that again but it looks so awesome if you have any interest in like vikings or north myth- uh, norse mythology at all like this game is like amazing like everything looks it's like the only thing i can almost compare it to is when you go to that place in the witcher 3 What's it called? The, oh, the, the Skellige Islands. Skellige Islands, yeah. And that had like the Nor- the really heavy Norse theme. It's like that, mm-hmm. but times 100. 
and it, it's Whoa. it feels so good and it's so interesting and the the world is just really fleshed out and there is so much variety to it you think it's all just like snowy mountains and like going through caves and stuff from what you've seen so far but that is such a small aspect of the game so far and that's why i, I hesitated to say it's both relentless but also a slow burn like in, it's a 40 hour odd game so it obviously has to carry on and i they've done really well to hide most of what the game is and about whereas you only see like the snowy midgar stuff which is definitely like a main part of it but there is so much more to it and there are so many more places you explore and stuff like that that it's relentless in its action and the stuff that happens to kratos and the cinematics but in terms of like actually like progressing and seeing stuff it is a slow burn and it kind of initially put me off because i was like hyped as fuck to just be like straight into it like everything go the hell to hell loose blah, blah blah like the other god of war games that i was kind of initially intrigued as to there was so much more exploring and just walking around and doing stuff and i came to realize that's probably the best part of the game because the combat on the other hand oh i don't know how i feel is it the camera the camera angle? so you you mentioned For Honor before, and I was trying to think of like like ways to relate how the combat is in this game. And For Honor was the only one I could really think about. You know that sort of side strife, uh, strafing, focused on your enemy, waiting yeah. to mm -hmm. attack kind of thing. Like That's Hellblade? kind of what I haven't played Hellblade, but kind of what I've seen of Hellblade, almost. It's whereas if you look at like the other God of Wars and you compare them to like Devil May like a Western Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta style yeah, of game, that's what they were going this for. This is more but... like Uncharted's melee. Oh no! But huh. in that weird third-person angle where you can't see anything of what is happening, and although when you're one-on-one -on -one with well, it's, an enemy, it's, it's to make it visceral. Well, exactly. The brutality is there, and it does <laughs> feel great, and it looks amazing. And when you are one-on-one -on -one with an enemy, like a big boss or like a troll or an ogre or something like that, it is awesome. And there is so there's so much variety to Kratos' like axe and the like rage ability and stuff you can do with Atreus. Like you can use him to like stun enemies and like uh, draw their attention. There is a lot of like combos you can do. And by the way, Kratos throwing his axe and getting it back is the most satisfying feel in any video game ever. It is so fucking cool. But when you get mobbed by enemies, which you do 80% of the time in this game, it's pretty, it's not difficult, and I've only died twice, but I'm constantly on, like, red flashing health. Because I have a question about the camera. Wait, wait, wait a second. You get <laughs> mobbed, and you cannot see, for the life of you, what is going on. You will get hit by enemies off screen 90% of the time you're in combat. And... It's frustrating because you can't really get better at it because it does have like a quick turn, but the quick turn is so like fast and blurs the whole screen that you get disorientated when you face the other way. And everything kind of looks like, you know, the same like snowy mountains or like caves and stuff like that. So you almost can't tell what you're looking at most of the time. And you just get hit by stuff on the side constantly. 
And it's so frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating when you just want to like do flashy combos and cool shit like you can with one-on-one -on -one boss fights. It's a bit of a downer. It's weird to say that in a God of War game, exploring and kind of absorbing the world is the best part compared to the actual combat. It's, a, it's yeah. It's still weird. It, I, you, it, it's okay. Like you feel the brutality of it, and sometimes you do cool shit. But ninety percent of the time, you're just getting mobbed, attacked off screen, or you're chasing down one enemy, and then you'll have like this. You have so you have like this little arrow at the bottom of the screen that flashes and points to where enemies are coming. But it just looks like it looks like someone like drew like red marker on your TV. It looks so bad. You can't, it, it literally is the most useless thing in the world. Maybe it would look better in 4K HDR. Maybe, maybe, but my god, does it, it, it doesn't, I don't think it would help with not getting mobbed. I, do I they know, do I, anything, oh, do, do they do, do anything interesting with... <laughs> god damn it! Do they do anything interesting with the dying and reviving systems? No, so when you die, you die and you respawn. But if you have a healing stone, you can press square when you're dying and then Atreus will save you. That's it. Oh, so okay. you can buy healing stones from the cash shop, right? Yeah, you can buy one. And then once you've got one, so far, I can only revive myself once. Then wait. I have to buy another. Wait, you can wait. You can buy stuff from the cat. There's a cash shop. It was a joke. No, it was you, a joke. No, you you can you can buy a healing stone from a from, vendor with real money. Oh no, not 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 with real money. No, no. Okay, no. Uh, let's, there let's, we go. There is none of that bullshit in this game. And I oh, will okay, admit, okay. going to the vendor, going to the vendors in this game is actually pretty interesting because the, there is a lot of character development with the vendors who are these two dwarves who are actually pretty fucking funny. Ooh. They're very funny characters. Especially, I wanted to ask how. Go, 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 shoot. Oh, God. I Okay, well, I was going to ask, like, how many traditionally tropey fantasy races and archetypes, like dwarves, for example, yep. become reinvented in an interesting way because Norse mythology is really, like, proto-Tolkien mythology. It's pretty good, actually. It's pretty, pretty good. In terms of, like, dwarves, actually, I just thought they were normal-sized men, but actually, compared to Kratos, everyone looks really small. But, no, they're, they're kind of interesting and... Um, I've only met, like, elves and, like, trolls and stuff, but the elves are kind of... Yeah, elves Elves are Norse originally, too. Like, a lot of the stuff that people think is, like, British fantasy is actually Scandinavian fantasy. Yeah, and the elves, I don't... Like, you meet them maybe ten hours in or so. They're interesting. They're kind of like the elves from Thor, <laughs> the dark world. <laughs> like, little dark insect-type characters. Ugh. Very interesting. That's not a Tolkien elf. No, they do look different. Uh, they do. But, you know, ogres and trolls kind of look the same. There's a lot of uh, Draugr, typical, like, stuff from Skyrim, almost. If you've played Skyrim, Draugr's dead, zombie-esque things. But the way they fight in combat really, like, uh, switches up quite often. Like, there are, there's, like, there's these floating enemies, I think they're called nightmares, and they can almost, like, possess draugas and other enemies and then they'll give them like buffs and stuff so you have to like kill them before they possess other enemies which was really interesting what i saw but once again it's not that interesting if you're getting fucking mobbed because it just becomes a frustrating dodge hack at one dodge hack at one dodge there's like no 
there's no fancy combos to it like you could in the old God of War. So, and then when you have a one-on-one enemy and you can just try stuff, it's way more interesting. Getting mobs sucks huh. in this game. So did you guys know that in Scandinavian mythology, elves are known to have danced around in circles, which are called Alvandanza or Alvinringer, and to urinate in one was thought to cause venereal diseases. Nice. What does it go? Like, flies up the tube? I suppose the, the spirit energy of the elves' mischief just, like, flows into your dick, I guess, if you have Whoa. to, like, take a piss in a field. Whoa. Oh, yeah, no, no, this is this is their uh, myth story behind fairy circles, yeah. Typically, yeah. elf circles were fairy rings consisting of a ring of small mushrooms, but there was also another kind of elf circle and da, 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 on lake shores where you could find... No, no more interesting things about, you know, venereal diseases on this Wikipedia page, that's all. Um, I guess the question is, Liam, yeah. should I buy back my stolen PS4 just to play God of War? <laughs> you should just okay. like, go to the okay. pawn so shop is, and this like... Is, this is what it comes down to, because although I do think this is a very, very good game, and they throw that massive wad of cash of a budget around because, holy crap, some of the set pieces and some of the just like general designs and... I'm in awe of how much variety of space there is in this game and how intricately designed it looks. It's incredible. There are a few things to it that, like, going back to that 10 out of 10, that amazed me that it still got the 10 out of 10. One is that although the world is enthralling and very interesting to explore, this game is like Donkey Kong 64 Part 2. It's fucking a collectathon <laughs> nonstop. Oh boy! It, you are, that genre came back and no one noticed. There are treasure chests around every corner. There is things flashing on the ground that just like people with problems who have to pick up everything in the stage, like I do, will be in one stage for ten minutes longer than they should have been because they're searching around for flashy, shining objects. This game pauses you and stops you from progressing all the time to pick shit up. There is so many flashing things, and it looks like Destiny half the time, which is flashy green and pink, purple. Things that display rarity colors and you get like pop-ups that tell you you've got like a rare piece of equipment or whatever. Do, that's do you useless. have to hold the use button for a full second before yep. Kratos bends out? Oh, no, 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 no. I just no, want to scoop no, things up with that, the button press. No, it's not that bad. But sometimes you'll pick stuff up and if Kratos has like a long animation where he bends down and picks it up, you know, it's kind of like a piece of equipment maybe. Whereas usual stuff like health or runes or um, stuff to build up the rage meter is pretty quick pretty snappy good like it's real satisfying to just vacuum up all the consumables in a pile in a but corner of the room opening chests and, and in far cry where you have to like hold a button down to to pick up a mushroom it ah. but opening chests has like four different animations depending on the chest and they're all like three to four seconds long that's it's all like the, an investment but i imagine it's, it's like an uncommon reward the heavy lid over or like kratos punching through it or something it all takes time <laughs> and then usually the stuff that's in there is useless most of the time if you're upgrading your equipment so it's kind of that da -da -da -da. disappointing thing so it's like a collectathon a lot of the time which can be a bit grading but then the world is just so interesting and like i want to explore it so i don't mind spending more time i have generally just like walked around a place with kratos in slow like slow pacing slow pacily walking back and forth 
just to absorb it because it is in, like fantastic. But that leads me on to like the last point I have about this game. Man, it seems so negative, but this game is really good. I guess this is just the way I fucking do things. <laughs> there, there is so much you expect to be good about this game that it's kind of it goes without saying. It, it, it is very, very good. But at the same time, it doesn't do anything. Apart from the world, the world, aside from the gameplay, the world is fantastic. I cannot give them praise enough for how incredible the world building is and the lore and the design and everything. But it doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything groundbreaking doesn't whatsoever. Do anything new? Yeah, nothing. New. Like, wasn't that one of my qualifications for being ten out of ten? Was there like, yeah. has to be a a admirable degree of innovation and boldness? Basically, the only thing that is new about this game is that camera not cutting, and within one to two hours, you forget about that instantly. So, or anything new or groundbreaking is gone. And Atreus is a character, he's like the better version of Ellie and Elizabeth. He's actually useful, mm. he pulls the story along really well. He is actually more of an interesting character than Kratos most of the time because his his speech and the way he talks is a lot more realistic than Kratos. Although Kratos is hilarious in his own way, he's always like, Boy! Translate this for me, boy! <laughs> That's pretty much about as far as he. Uh... Is he Rick Grimes? Like what? what oh, dude, was that? dude, he is he's doing his best Rick Grimes impression all the time. Atreus, Atreus, come back here to me, boy, boy. He just says boy all the time, and it's so funny because there's boy. one there's one moment there's one moment in the game where you press the button to say boy, <laughs> and the it's boy like button? it's like the Jason scene in Heavy Rain. It's like that. Jason. It's that, but it's Jason. but it's boy, boy, Atreus, boy, boy. Funny <laughs> thing, the Jason, the Jason thing in Heavy Rain. Uh, I have a coworker. His name is Jason, and he never played Heavy Rain. And I always would say Jason, like every single time, because I always remember that from Heavy Rain in, in the beginning. So I put. <laughs> so every time you know he's like working in a certain section, I would um, put on. 10 hours of him saying Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just go you through asshole. all the Jasons in the game. Jason. 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 <laughs> yeah, the drives him nuts. Oh my God. It's just, it's Leo. so funny. Like you, you're just going through this thing and you're just like, boy, boy, boy. <laughs> Kratos could be pretty comedic. And sometimes like, I will admit the dad-son relationship, especially on the dad and sons here, is very intriguing. And there is a lot of stuff that makes you want to... Obviously, Atreus doesn't know about Kratos' past. That's hidden from the start. And the, and I don't know if there's a point in the story where that opens up. I imagine it does at some point. It's got to. But it's really... There are times when like Atreus is questioning him or... Kratos like leaks out a little bit of information and there's like this intense moment where you're like shit I hope he tells him I hope he tells him and ah oh, it's it it does make you want to continue playing to find out what happens even though the the premise of the story is so far pretty pretty non non important um, but yeah it just it borrows a lot from other games you know it borrows from Uncharted there's a lot of climbing 
There's a lot of climbing up to the side of walls and pressing circle to climb across something. There's a lot of the new Tomb Raider reboot in there. There's any like over-the-shoulder third-person combat game that you can imagine in recent times is uh is is in there. There's nothing groundbreaking about it, but it's it's a, it's a damn good game. I, I understand why it's getting a lot of praise, and it's like I was thinking about it when I was driving home today. I was thinking about it. The game gets better as it goes along. It started off That's kind of disappointing. Good. But the more I play it, the more I want to keep playing. And the more that gets revealed or the world opens up or something in the world that you saw in a distance, you see up close and it's massive and interesting. And there are all these little stories about like the Norse gods, like Thor and Odin being like complete dicks. That you're like, oh, I want to keep going to see if I meet them so I can kill them and that kind of thing. It's, it <laughs> well, gets, it is God of War. It gets so interesting at times that it keeps pushing it. And I don't know whether it's on purpose that they've done this slow burn because, man, it, it just keeps wanting you to play it, even even with its little flaws. So, so although, as... although I wouldn't say buy a <laughs> PS4 for it, i say if you have one... You have to play this game. I have oh. to. I'm obligated. It's one of those where people are going to be talking about this game, I think, in the same vein that they do about Breath of the Wild last year. Liam, uh. this is when this is when I say the same thing you say about VR. I'm too poor to buy the <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to complain about it. Man, God of War doesn't look that great. Ten out of tens, and that's yeah. usually disappointing. Yeah. What is revolution? What is revolutionary about God of War? <laughs> One take. No, you just that's said just as gimmick. much. <laughs> yeah, nothing. You no. just said the exact same thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I mean, and yeah, like the concept of a. Third this person is, this is the thing. beat them up don't with, think... with one-on-ones that doesn't work for multiple enemies, that doesn't like innovate or anything, but has cool visual design and character design and cool story stuff, still doesn't sound... Like, it sounds appealing to me, but it doesn't sound like something I'd, like, stop playing d- 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 Halo 3 El Dorito for. Well, that's the thing is, I don't think you would like it, George. Uh, that hurts. I don't think you yeah. would. I think. Do you ever, think I'm a cynic? No, I just think you, the flaws. You don't like nice things, George. I just I think like the some flaws nice would be too much don't. for you. They would be too much for you to ignore. They would be too much. The collectathon, the the passable yeah, camera that would get in me. mob moments. The, and how long is it? It's like forty hours, supposedly. Yeah, that's Whoa, another. What? Another it thing. Is, it is. It is like pseudo RPG. No way! It's not very good RPG. It's just like upgrading equipment and gaining new skills. It's not like anything. Oh, it has like side stuff that. Yeah, but oh. the but the side stuff is like. Is this Nino Kuni two again? No, because the side stuff is actually interesting in this game. Oh. Like this okay. is what I'm saying about the world. The world is easily the best part. Like okay. going on mini quests or exploring like little beach posts where you see like shipwrecks and stuff is super intriguing 
and there's usually not like a very good payoff in terms of like treasure or something. You get like rare resources, as they say, and you can upgrade your axe, which is cool. But the reward in itself is like finding out what happened in those places, hearing uh, hearing more about gods, hearing more about I, the world. I because God of War was just about the main story. No, but no, Why? but this is the thing they in, they in, they intertwine it in it, and you are as much of a stranger in the, this world as Kratos is. So you learn stuff through Atreus. Atreus knows way more about this fucking world than you. So he tells you a lot and he like explains to Kratos why stuff is the way it is. And it's really, the exposition is done really well. Like Kratos is just like, who the fuck is Thor? And like Atreus will just go off on like one about how his mum told him all about Thor and the stories. And then you find out later, like the stories, some of the stories are true and some of them are false. And that's, this is why. And it's like, it's, it's super, I don't know, filled out, fleshed out, law wise. And it's cool. It's a good, it's a good damn, it's a damn good world. But I don't know, like, like, this sounds a lot like my opinion of The Witcher 3, a, a pseudo, almost pseudo RPG with, with not great combat and not great RPG elements oh, that pulled through because combat. of its, um, yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I, I, I was more forgiving on it than most people, but I still, like, no, like stuck with it and loved it for the world and the lore suck? and the... I think oh in comparison, whereas I felt like The Witcher 3 had, like, incredibly well-written side characters and quests felt meaningful when you would speak to these characters and they'd have a lot of dialogue. Yeah, yeah, good side quests, good world. The world was kind of, like, empty grassy fields, apart from when you went to the cities. Whereas, like, God of War, but, although but it is a lot of... life, though. It, it is a lot of <laughs> open spaces that have puzzles in them that you do and then you fight combat there's always like something in there that is kind of new or something you've seen that you that almost either intimidates you because it's large or has like a flashing text on it like there's a lot of like nordic runes and only atreus can read them so when you see them you can't read them yourself you have to like call atreus over and that's when he's like boy translate this for me and Atreus comes over and he explains and then he will talk to you about the lore. It's not like you can check the the like in-game manual thing and it will be updated every time. But it's kind of cool to listen to like this other character explain like the stories he's heard from like his mom or like stuff he knew. It gives you like little bits of exposition all the time. It's, it's always like telling you stories, which is what I really like about it. Are you saying that Zelda Breath of the Wild sucks because it has a lot of open space? Because uh, that's what I'm hearing, Liam. Don't go hearing. there. How? Don't How go is that there. what you're hearing? Don't this is, go this there. This is what I'm hearing here. At least the combat in Breath of the Wild was good. <laughs> like, it's it's just not a God of War game. And it's it's kind of its own weird amalgamation of everything that was popular about third-person right. combat games in a game that is beautiful and has an amazing world and kind of cool characters. Well, uh, 
Liam has took up all our time, so see you next time. See you next on time. Bad and Sons. You told me to do this. George is like, we'll just we'll just let Liam talk today. It's like, oh guys, like have you played anything? George is gonna talk about a game from fucking 2007. What do you want? What more do you want? Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. Wait, a game Matt, from 2007. Matt was like, Let's talk about. Let's Matt. talk about games that George likes. Matt was like, Matt was like, hey dudes, I've got nothing this week. Carry me. <laughs> I've got stuff this week. You just have a more uh, important thing this week. You've been playing also, Halo I appreciate 3. You. I've been playing Halo 3. They, they, <laughs> they, as in a unauthorized modding team that Microsoft is letting off the hook um made a the fan patched repackaging version of the already sketchy as hell russian edition of a free to play halo themed it was supposed to be an mmo but it just got turned into a free to play version of halo 3 for the russian market and uh they have translated it into english released a more polished version there's a really great forge editor in there and uh, i have a dedicated server set up for the super bunny hop super discord um there's there's like this rotating playlist of, of wacky modes that you used to only be able to really get going with like private party games on the xbox but now we can set up public servers with them and fill them up um like like have you guys ever heard of of halo pirate wars where where you have two teams that are on mobile spawn vehicles that are these huge gigantic elephants that <laughs> cruise at each other through the sea and the two teams are shooting rockets at each other yeah. it's cute there's a uh special juggernaut mode where where one player will be like a giant 15 foot tall like just scaled upwards model of master chief and with with lots of health and everyone is is trying to do chip damage and get the killing blow on this one juggernaut who's just stomping all over the map stepping on everyone else uh there was speed halo someone um our, our server admin put in a speed halo mode where you drive warthogs down a ramp trying to hit players that are on foot at the bottom of the ramp who are zombies they're armed with gravity hammers so they can knock your vehicles on the way down at the bottom of the ramp is a teleporter so your vehicle just comes out the other side at the beginning of the ramp faster than before and it's like bowling with like the silly over-the-top completely zany vehicle physics of halo it's good fun it's good fun and that's all it's just it's just good fun I miss Halo 3. I really do. Well, you can get your booty on over to google.com and type in El Dorito and and click on your your is, Discord is, link to the bunny server and hop in. It it's called El Dorito? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the oh, okay. uh, proto prototype code name when when Halo 3 was in development was El Dorado and as the um First uh, ambassador, if you will, to the Mountain Dew video gaming outreach uh, gamer fuel program, gotcha. uh, Halo 3 got the honor of having its name changed to a silly internet meme to El Dorito, which, which can be spelled either D-E-W-R-I-T-O or D-O-R-I-T-O. In uh, honor of uh, the, the sacred, venerable Dorito Pope Jeff Keighley, who... Who uh, spread the word about some silly rewards program bullshit Dorito was doing to promo Halo 4. And, uh, that picture still makes me laugh. I'm so glad that things actually got better after that scandal. 
like games media is now way classier than it was in 2011. I would argue. I, I, I say way classier, which means still not classy in comparison to real media, but but I don't know. Um have you do you just, he's not happy. Does he seem happy to you? I think he seems happier now that he's not affiliated with Spike and he's like trying to do his own thing, but he still has to sell his own thing to sponsors that put a bunch of stupid commercials in the video game awards. But like it's someone needs still to interview better. Him. Like someone it's needs still to interview better. Like, are you ha- like ever since that video I've seen him eating the Dorito? Like he looks <laughs> the same way. <laughs> I woke when up he's one morning every time. I woke up one morning about six weeks ago, and it just my just my phone said Jeff Keeley followed you on Twitter, and he is I've never met him. Yep, I've never spoken yep. to him. He's 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 not since ever spoken to me or or reacted to anything i've posted on twitter and i or anything and i was kind of mystified as to how or why <laughs> jeff keely of all people had found me or decided to follow me and forever i think will this remain a mystery i i think i think like if you look at his twitter picture look at his twitter picture he, he looks kind of looks like Mark bored. Zuckerberg. I think he might be another one of the robots. Oh, oh! You think Jeff Keighley is a is is analyzing all your metadata for yes. maximum SEO advertising efficiency? Doritos. Yes, I, I absolutely. You, you, you think like, he's like, uh, he look teaching kids about conspiracy theories that undermine smile. the democracy? Mm. And you, you see that picture there of him smiling. That's the first picture. I haven't seen that guy smiling. Oh, really? I don't, I don't see a picture of him smiling. And I'm scrolling down. <laughs> it's the background down. of his Twitter. <laughs> oh, it's in the background. Yeah, there but, it is. Not yeah, the foreground. Like you have to see a picture because when he does it, when he's live, you just, it, you just don't, it doesn't register in your brain. Like, oh, he's smiling. Wait, wait, wait a minute. What? Yeah, yeah. See, like he smiles sometimes now. I think, I think he's, he's uh, got at least... Thirty percent of his shit together, and <laughs> and and figured out some things in life that that can get him over the pain of having to shill for Doritos and Mountain <laughs> Dew and Spike TV for like eight years. Ugh. Oh, poor Jeff. Yeah, for real, he's done some good stuff, but then got got caught in the game, man. I mean, the money uh, money is good, right? Just, just trying to keep a brother down. Listen, Mountain Dew and and Doritos came up to me and said, "Are you sure you have the best amount of money?" Best believe, your boy is gonna be not be vegan anymore. Oh, mm, these Doritos, it's so good. Dude, Love this are Doritos cheese. vegan? Dude, if people want to... <laughs> yeah, yeah that's wanna, like cheese. There's you, cheese powder. If people want to give me that Dorito money to say God of War has the best combat in the world, fucking do it. Yeah, you're like, sure, it. I, buy me a PS4, pay some <laughs> Dude, you do it do just you guys... for a PS4, wouldn't you, Matt? You'd sit, you'd sit on that chair. You'd sit on that Dorito throne of Jeff's. Pour myself out just... <laughs> Is that going to be the first Matt visual video in a long while? (laughs) You sitting in a chair looking at the camera with this barren, neutral, like like someone just slapped you before the recording started facial expression. We are going to have to go... (laughs) 
<laughs> Sign up for the Halo 4 Dorito Gamer Grub Rewards Point program and pre-order your new edition of Master Chief Adventures so I can get a PlayStation. And it'll just come with a PlayStation. It won't even come with the God of War game that I want. It's just... Just the PlayStation. <laughs> It'll come with like the HD collection. <laughs> it won't be a pro. It'll just be like a regular one. <laughs> Refurbished. <laughs> They're like, oh, where's my PS4? It's like, oh, let's go to GameStop real quick. <laughs> one of one, one of the like models with like a smudge in the corner that they couldn't sell in regular stores. <laughs> One of the slaves in China accidentally, like, pressed the pieces together too hard, and, and that's what you get. <laughs> Ugh. I want so, uh, money. Speaking of cynical observations about juxtapositions of ethics in modern society... Whoa. I watched uh, an anime. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, I was looking at that. <laughs> I mean, how low are we? I thought we couldn't go any lower. But gamers... <laughs> Gamers, so, as an anime, so, and you have these cute little girls in short short skirts. Like, come uh, on. That's what I was expecting. I was expecting something like like New Game, where it was like a a moe spin and commentary on a male dominated scene. That is what the fan Eddie L. Oh, what a fan! Uh, sent me an email in recommendation of an anime uh, they thought I'd enjoy called called Gamers about a a. <sighs> They, they, they pitched it as a show about girls who are into games, but I was surprised to, to load it up and see that it stars a, a boy who literally begins the first episode by giving a monologue of his high school crush saying, oh, she's, she's so perfect. She's, she's really good at sports. She makes uh, good grades and she's uh, really cute. Well, well, why uh, is she talking to me? As, as she like says hi and, and he, flips on his head and faints and has a, a heart attack he gets hospitalized and lives the rest of his life with with heartbreaking psoriasis from that moment onwards afterwards they start a video game club and have to go on video game club adventures in their high school and develop romantic triangles and it was all like like it's it's one of those things that goes through the usual cliches like they all fucking do but it this one is, like, more aggressive about reaffirming weird otaku social norms that I don't get. Like, everyone is hyper-obsessed with the self-image they possess, they, they portray to others. They're hyper-obsessed about whether or not everyone else sees them as a loser or a cool dude and, like, have mental breakdowns over it. And, and I just, like, I, I, it, Am I, like, an anime racist if I never think these characters are, like, confident enough? No, the... I mean, I haven't watched it, so I, maybe I shouldn't judge, but the way how it's looking, man, I don't know why he would think you would like this. I mean, this looks like just a regular old run-of-the-mill The best thing is about anime. it is that sometimes there will be one of those moments where a character will give, like, a very monotone, entertaining quote that looks funny in subtitles with their blank facial expression about, um video games uh it's it's kind of cool that they use real footage from from video games it's and it, it's like the most weeby shit it's uh sometimes they cut to to a live feed of actual persona for the fighting game spinoff really? uh in the middle of their show to uh depict what the gamers are playing but then they'll cut to another shot where the gamers are supposed to be playing counter-strike 
and it's like a mock-up but doesn't look like what <laughs> so many pc gamers which are in japan like like if you go to a pc Don't, shop in akihabara you'll see counter-strike is there an episode where they have like the actual league of legends final streaming in the background with the players i would not be surprised there there is a lot of like real ass footage that they throw in there and um it's it's like a little more informed you know than you would expect but it was still like really cringy to see like us gamers huh humor in 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 a slice of life anime about weird otaku social norms that that i get frustrated when trying to identify with characters over okay also there's like one of the high school students looks like a grown-ass man and his girlfriend looks like a tiny itty bitty little girl and i was like oh god we're doing this thing again but then there's a scene i believe towards the end of the second episode where the tiny little girl who's fawning over this this older gentleman maybe canonically there's not that big of an age difference because they're both high school students but she beyond anything about the age difference she has this moment where she confesses that she was had such a crush on this guy in middle school that she completely reinvented the social image that she projects to others to appeal to his desires she dyes her hair pink she adopts a really cutesy talking style she tries to develop interests in things that he's interested in and i'm just like uh, cuz if someone's doing that to you in real life like I don't know like about you guys but I would get weirded the fuck out and be like oh okay you have no personality your interest is me not other things I'm interested in right um and I would consider them kind of soulless uh, anyways uh but the the show plays it off as a romantic confession of love like sweet music plays in the background the characters start like sighing at each other and i just i can you hear me cringing uh, speaking of good I mean, anime uh, megalobox uh, three episodes in Continues to be played. Why did I good? not watch Megalobox? Since I had two hours to like watch like, an anime that I could talk about on people. the podcast. You have two people who watch good anime, like good <laughs> anime, and you decide to go with gamers. Did you know about gamers before I brought it no, up? Because this is the first no. I've heard about it, and I can't. Like, I'm not surprised I haven't heard about it, but at the same time, I feel like I've seen a lot of screenshots of this. Because they all look the same. <laughs> oh. This is the oh. thing that all looks the same. They all look the same. Am I it, wrong, it, Liam? Am I it wrong? It does look like Yuru Camp, but I, it's one of those. that was more it's my It's one speed. of those where the Moe girls could be swapped in and out for any other anime with Moe Like, girls. you probably wouldn't notice. You probably wouldn't yeah. notice that they swapped one. Like if one just <laughs> changed hair color, you'd be like... Oh, <laughs> I mean, in Eurocamp, the girls were like confident. They would do things by themselves and enjoy their hobbies without having to worry about seeking social validation from their circle of friends. Like the gamers seems like it's all about peer pressure. Everyone is trying so hard to fit in. Well, like real and... video game players then. No, we're like supposed to be lonely nerds who piss everyone off with how like weird and immature we are, right? Uh, that's the stereotype. Yeah, but we got a new stereotype. It's all about being competitive gamers and esports who like pressure each other into being like oh, the yeah, fucking bomb. We're athletes now. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. just it's maybe it's just so up to date with the times you can't handle it, George. Mm -hmm. 
You're talking about those basement dwellers, huh? Talking I don't want to say talking it. about this fucking otaku. Are we? Are we, George? <laughs> it seems like an Weed anime men. for for like lonely Japanese gamers who want to viscerally seek social validation about their hobby, which also weirds me out because I know that in Japan, like like nerds can get really weird, <laughs> more so than they do in the West. But that it's a more common a phenomenon that, that normal people know about. There's a reason for that. I, I, there's probably a few. Well, one of them is being a nerd in the West is like a totally sociable, acceptable thing to do these days. Like being a quirky, cool gamer is like a thing. Uh. Whereas in Japan, when you choose the gamer life, you're immediately <laughs> socially outcasted because that's how Japan is. So you just embrace it. And you just embrace the weird, and you become a fucking weirdo. Like like you, gaming on you consoles. Anyway. Gaming on consoles for like 8 to 10 hours a week is something that struck me as extremely normal and mainstream in Japan. Once you pass that barrier, you're like suddenly in the weird shops in Akihabara. But the normal <laughs> shops in Akihabara had nerdy shit to a degree that is not normal in the West. Yeah, but... So one is, like, like there one are all is... those build-your-own-PC stores, and uh, SoftMap has, like, huge-ass video game sections with all the... with, Of course, I guess, because it's Japan. All all the weird weeb shit you'd never see in the States. But, yeah, but um... you know, George, if you just go a, a floor higher, if you're always in those shops... Oh, no. If you go just to go the no. upper higher. floors of SoftMap... The dark room. The, the clothes come off. <laughs> Um, but I remember seeing old people in arcades. I remember seeing way less of a gender divide. The games were like appealing to more age demographics, and and that's something that I appreciated about Japanese gaming culture. <laughs> like uh, all those short shops you brought me to would have like entire sections devoted as like games for girls. Dating simulators are way more of a thing, and. And uh, the the Atomi culture was was a thing that hasn't really doesn't really have a Western equivalent. Um, and it, when walking around the arcades, like you'd see girls just hanging out, having a fun night out, and that 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 also surprised me. And that's why I think that gaming, in some degree, is more mainstream in Japan. I mean, there are exceptions. Also, to all the culture is a little bit different here in Georgia as well, George. <laughs> like Jesus, I came from Miami. Georgia's I mean, we got see the joystick in Miami. People game are way more bar. loose in Miami. I gotta visit. Yeah, but my, I'll, I'll take you around, George. Yeah, we maybe we could. Time. Lead, we we gotta leave the lady friends behind, though. <laughs> 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 yeah, boy. Mm -mm. You stay. stay Anyways. Anyways. Well, <laughs> yeah, watch Megalobox instead. Yes. I, I agree, and I haven't even seen Megalobox. Yeah, just watch that. That's stylish and cool and interesting and is seemingly more like Cowboy Bebop as it goes on, which is fine. It's good. Okay. Watch it. Any... Stein, the, new, the new series of Steins Gate as well. For anyone who liked the original Steins Gate anime, Steins Gate Zero, that's pretty good too. Just throwing it out there. Don't watch it unless you watch the original Steins Gate. Yeah, Steins Gate okay. is good. Love it. Yeah. It's good. It's Matt, good. you should watch um, it. You should, when all the episodes are out, you should watch Steins Gate Zero, too. 
Jesus Christ. Literally. Like the third one or something like that? I know, like, they're all based on those visual novels, but this, I think, is the second actual series. Like, it's kind of like a weird sequel to what happened with okay. all the stuff that happens. But it features like one the most, it, like, the most recent episode features the most stereotypical life as a foreigner in Japan that I tweeted out. <laughs> Is fucking hilarious. Oh, what are what are some of the stereotypes that you have to deal with, Liam? Like when you watch anime as, as a and foreigner, you have like as a bakugaijin. When you when you well when you watch anime and they have like someone speaking English, it's always a Japanese person speaking English. They don't hire anyone who actually speaks English <laughs> to do it. So when they have someone Japanese, it's always the worst accent. And like. They always play up like we're all massively genki, super over, in-your-face people. And there's like this German scientist who speaks like Japanese a little bit. And when he speaks Japanese, it's obviously a Japanese person. But they're doing it like really badly. So they're like, Watashi wa domo desu ka? <laughs> like, and it's so funny. I mean, they're not wrong. That's yeah, but basically like, me. Yeah, that's you. Not like dude, like a German scientist <laughs> who actually speaks you, like fluent Liam. Japanese. But like, there's one scene, and you can check it out on my Twitter. Like, I, I posted it on there. It's like 12 seconds. It's like the German scientist bursts through the room and he's like, Yo, Rintaro boy, Mr. Einstein, what's up? <laughs> and then the main, <laughs> the main character just responds to him like, uh, hello, I am fine, thank you, and you. And like that's like the <laughs> rote response to every Japanese high school in the world. And he's like, the guy just turns to him and goes, What? <laughs> it's so it's so pitch perfect of what like a conversation with somebody who freaks out at the fact. Mm. George literally just retweeted it as we were speaking. <laughs> look at look at that blonde hair. That the, look at how much taller he is than the George, other have characters. Have you watched it? Now? Uh, I I've I've had it muted, but I'm that te- counts as watching. I just haven't listened to it. I, well, you have to listen to it. There's visual. subtitles. I should be fine. No, you have to listen to the pronunciation. Okay, it's okay. Awful. I'm gonna turn the volume up and let you guys hold the fort for 12 seconds. Don't burn the house down while I'm gone. Matt. Are you going to check it out too? Just leave me here on my own to stew what? in my own making. What? No, I was just looking at the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't hear. I don't hear any audio, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you need the audio. You need to hear the audio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine, thank you, and you what that's literally what they teach them how to respond like when you ask someone in japan how are you the response is i'm fine thank you and you what so there's there's layers of humor here there are there are are meta that us baka gaijins aren't gonna get unless unless you're you reach liam levels of cultural assimilation oh Oh, speaking of which jordan amaro got the shout out yeah i i people really liked that people actually responded to that did they but there was one guy in the comment. It? What's that? Did Jordan see it? 
Uh, someone tweeted at him about it. I, I have not made contact because I, well, I, I want to precede by saying there was one comment on my RE7 video when I pointed out Jordan Amaro's involvement as a, a Westerner who has deeply gotten involved with the games culture in Japan. Triple A, like legacy classic franchise game culture in Japan. Uh, I just said Resident Evil. He was a level designer in Resident Evil. Um, Someone was in the comments saying, no, George, you idiot. Amaro is a traditional Japanese name. <laughs> I have met Jordan Amaro. Literally, like, does is... the guy not know yeah. that we got very, very, very drunk with Jordan Amaro in Japan? <laughs> I have verified with my eyes and ears that that boy is... He's French, right? He's, He's French. Originally. He's French. Um, but yeah, he got, when, when I was watching the RE video and you gave Jordan the shout out, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, he actually did it. He went there. <laughs> I'm surprised well, you didn't. The first. I'm surprised there was didn't, that Rolling Stone interview. I'm surprised you didn't pull up vi- like pictures of like you in Japan with him. I don't think there are any. There is. There's one of us in that bar when you were clutching onto that wall. I was very so plastered that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the weirdest part was when you carried on going you started showing like gdc footage of like pete who came like the night after i think who i, also I did not know that you knew pete yes he's my was Japanese the, the other baka guy jen who was deeply involved in re7 no but he's my he's my japanese dad he looks after me in this country we shouldn't put this he, in the uh, podcast <laughs> maybe not Maybe I'm, you know, I'm just sitting here watching you guys name drop and name drop and name drop. This is what happens when you come to Japan at the wrong time, Matt. This, this was the night when you were on a plane. Okay, you know what? We, we're gonna keep. We, we, we we're won't touching, say anything on the podcast. That's fine. We're touching some nerves here. We're touching some <clears throat> nerves. Uh, speaking of touching nerves. I went from one depiction of cringy us gamers uh, humor in an anime to cringy us gamers uh, humor in an episode of Black Mirror. Wait, you, uh, from you like from, it? No, I thought it was fun, but I still like. I felt patronized by the character in Black Mirror season three episode two called Playlist. Matt, you've seen it, right? You recommended it to me. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Li- Liam, have, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. I I, I forget completely <laughs> the details. But Liam, I, is that what you guys think of us? The following podcast spoils all of Black Mirror Season 3, Episode 2, Playtest. Warning! Liam, is that what you guys think of us? Me? <laughs> yeah! So, th- this whole episode involves, like, a loud, obnoxious, dumb American tourist stereotype wandering his way into London, running out of money, being afraid to call his mom back home for help, and he just, like, makes the most infuriating, sarcastic remarks to everything going on, whereas, like, the British people keep their cool and, and reply to everything and like with, like, robotic Queen's English. Ugh! I felt stereotyped. I felt misrepresented with a harmful image. Are we sure it wasn't made by a Japanese person? No one cares about the character, George. (laughs) You care about what happens to the character. Did you like what happens to the character? I Maybe they made him unlikable for a reason. I don't... Okay, so so let me try to remember the plot synopsis, okay? See, th- this um, episode would be like would be the thing that reverted me away from VR because fuck what happens to that guy. 
Oh my yeah. god. No, but that's not what it's like. Okay. So so the, the loud obnoxious <laughs> dumb American Beach Boy tourist. Spooky grave. Yes. 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 He 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 goes to to London when he's backpacking across his like hoity toity privileged vacation. Um he he Blasted runs Americans out of money. Hoity toity vacations. He he decides that he should go be a play tester and get four figures of pounds to buy his ticket back home because that's how it works. Uh, through an app that you can find odd jobs with because that's how it works. Trees just grow on jobbies. Um, and at the play testing facility of of a hot trendy game studio in London, they strap him into a augmented reality device that's a little like embedded Matrix chip. They they <laughs> drill into the back of his neck that makes him hallucinate gameplay mechanics. Uh, they put him in a haunted house where spooky things that are supposed to dig at his personal fears of his high school bullies and uh, his his like matriarch anxiety. Um. And the jump scares gradually become real as you no longer know what's real and what's part of the game. And then they strap him out and find out that he dies of going of insanity one second into the test. Oh, major spoiler alert, by the way. Let me write that down on my notes. Um, And he uh, is dead. The the video game corporation is more of a, like, evil umbrella corp that just, like, zips him up in a body bag and never reports his his tragic decease. But what... what, what You guys have seen it, right? So let's have our discussion now. Oh, my God. What? Because uh, I believe that Liam, this was a for- this work of fiction that that was a, a fun story that uh, does not represent how the stuff works in real life. Apparently, colored your 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 opinion of of a beautiful new medium of art form that is uh, really well, it didn't important really, and stuff. It didn't really. It reminded me more. There are there are so many like obvious nods to stuff like Bioshock and like Resident Evil and. Oh shit. yeah. There is so many. When, like, when the, the, the lady like says, "Would you kindly?" I'm just yeah. like, uh, it's it's okay. it's directed by Dan Trachtenberg, the dude who did um, the Cloverfield Lane film. He's he's good at shit, and you know it's written by Charlie Brooker, <laughs> and he's also good at shit. But I think it's just interesting to see something mainstream media do approach something of ours as a collective community and do okay with it i still felt patronized by how stupid the like gamer was yeah but the guy was a douchebag that's just you know at the end of the day it's a pretty good like horror-esque like what wait mainstream it's, but this isn't this uh this is aired over in in your world though it's not aired over here isn't it well, well, yeah we gotta get it black, on netflix over there it's mirror? on bbc yeah it's black, on bbc yeah no this is like a, black mirror is netflix thing. no black it's mirror is netflix thing. no black, black mirror is exclusive thing. no black mirror is netflix exclusive I thought Black Mirror premieres no, on BBC this, before. This season, serials like it. That's no, definitely no, no. Season three and season four were Netflix exclusives. Netflix bought Black Mirror back. Well, what about one and two? One and two were Channel Four in the UK, I believe. Yes, Channel it's from four. there. It's from there. Yeah, but we're talking, <laughs> talking about. We're talking about. about we're talking about. 
three and yeah, that's public service British television, which was like when it became super popular and like everyone started watching it. So still like a oh it, you're saying you're saying it gets bad because everyone says well no no you no know what? you're no, not wrong no, that no, last season no, was no, kind of rough no no I'm saying that it's interesting to see like mainstream media like a like a TV program like a dramatized TV series mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like a, like a, do like an episode on something that is very steeped in our culture as like video gamers right it and wasn't as patronizing as it could have been but yeah, i still exactly. felt patronized but that has something to do with the fact that charlie brooker used to be a video game critic and writer yeah. so he knows his shit i don't i don't know about the american character like that seems aside from what they do about the whole video game stuff you know yeah, they had, that might they be had the like line a, here they had, a fucking, they had a fucking edge you... magazine they had like an edge magazine on that guy's desk like they know. Oh, I guess they have an Edge magazine. That means it's a totally like realistic and respectful depiction of video games. Okay, so did you like RE7? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see you after the break. Are you suffering from pungent pits, foul feet, beastly butt odor? How do you stop the stink? Hi, I'm Adam J, and this is Doc Bottoms A-Spray, the all-new, all-over deodorant that prevents odors before they start and can be used anywhere, and I mean anywhere, on your body. A-Spray goes where other deodorants can't. A-Spray your butt. A-Spray your feet. A-Spray under your arms. You can even A-Spray your privates. A-Spray is safe for all your odor zones. A-Spray is 100% natural, chemical-free, fragrance-free, and offers 24-hour protection. Plus, it's made in the USA. Our revolutionary formula safely protects you against embarrassing body odors by neutralizing odor-causing bacteria. It's that simple. No bacteria, no stink. Ordinary deodorants mask odors and can only be used on armpits and feet. A-spray can be used all over your body and literally stops odors before they start. You can also use A-spray on smelly shoes and clothes, even on a steamy seat. You could spend a stinking fortune on all these different deodorants and never get the Odozone coverage that this one bottle of A-spray gives you. I work hard for a living, I sweat a lot, I got got odors in special places. And with A-spray, I don't have to worry about that anymore. My butt. Call and order Doc Bottoms A Spray today for only $14.99, and I'll send you the A Spray Pocket Shot absolutely wow. free. Perfect for on the go or give it to your smelly friend. That's the full size A Spray and the Pocket Shot for just $14.99. But wait, if you order right now, and I mean this second, put down the potato chips, go get your phone, I'll wow. double your order. You just pay processing. Log on to www.aspray.com and order now. Order Doc Bottoms A Spray, and you get the full size bottle and the portable pocket shot so log on to www.aspray.com and order yours now call an order right now before you stink up the place <laughs> estamos de volta pero podcast daddy sanji único podcast que sempre pega algo errado mais que uma vez at one point does this become stereotype or, or racism like what? What language do we have to do to to really just hit the low bar? Do you know what? Just do you know what? It's funny wreck. you say that. It's mm-hmm. funny you say that because maybe English speaking listeners don't realize we have had a lot of emails from people from outside English speaking countries 
asking us to do their <laughs> languages. So it, and it can't really be called racism. But going back to the Black Mirror talk about stereotypically dumb English or American people, I feel like oh. we're, we're nailing the bar. We're almost <laughs> backing up what we were trying to defend not 10 minutes ago. <laughs> we're we're just a bunch of here at the Dad and Sense podcast. We're just a bunch of colonizers. <laughs> I'm fine, thank you, and you. <laughs> but Very it's like poorly. it's 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 a little self-flagellating in that many people who want to see their foreign language get butchered by us will oftentimes be the same people who will then respond with how poorly like, angry they are that yeah. we got it wrong. It's like some sort of sadomasochistic linguistic bonanza. Speaking of sadism, we got we got some of that coming from Konami this week again. Ooh. Straight and, straight uh, off the back of their killing Castlevania. They're now, they ki- are now killing their biggest probably killing <laughs> PES. <laughs> P- uh Pez they've officially Pez. ended What's that? It's Pez. Pez? Yeah. That's what P- you guys call it? <laughs> it's called Pez. P E S. No one has ever called it that ever. Oh, never mind then, because Pez <laughs> is the like candy dispenser. Yeah, that, yeah, but that's spelled with a Z or a Z. Uh, Z? Z? Oh, excuse me, Mrs. I play football, not soccer. <laughs> you and your Zs and your crumpet. Okay, Konami is going to end their par- their Pez licensing partnership with the Union of European Football Associations. Uh, the marketing director of this move tries to play it off very positively, which is why I don't want to be, like, completely sure that PES is ending. He says, um, <laughs> it's been a very cooperative and mutually beneficial partnership. That was so UEFA fuck. would like to thank Konami for its tremendous commitment and support to the UEFA club competitions it's for the UEFA. last decade. Well, 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 he then ends the, like, second paragraph of his statement by saying, We look forward to continuing to work with Konami in the sphere of the UEFA national God team damn football. it, George. What? It's UEFA. Are you kidding me? Or are you, are you <laughs> no, fucking me right now? I'm Ooh. not fucking kidding mm. you. It's UEFA and Pez. So, so you say Pez? Like the candy dispenser. It's and called Pez. UEFA. UEFA, Yes. That's what the, that's what the body is called. That's what that that European governing body is called for football, soccer, whatever you're. That called doesn't UEFA. roll off the tongue. But anyways, he says that U-E- they, they UEFA are... doesn't oh. either. Oh, I know, but at least like you can understand how it's spelled if you say it that way. <laughs> Anyways, he says that he's looking forward to continuing to work with Konami in the sphere of the UEFA. <gasps> <laughs> In the sphere of the oof, national team football. <laughs> and I, I, I'm i wondering if this is a oh. partnership that's going to continue in the realm of Konami's health clubs in Japan, or if Konami sponsors football teams. And by that, I mean, you know, real football, not American football, like our favorite Resident Evil 7 character enjoys playing. I just feel like Konami definitely, yeah. definitely want to leave video games. They, yeah, because they, they do not mention Pez in this press release. They just don't care. It, it, like they, they hint at it, but they don't say Pez is continuing. Having, the implication is that Pez is not going to continue. Having the Champions League was the the thing, the the marketable 
the marketable advantage it had over FIFA for a long time, although FIFA, no doubt, has always been the bigger of the two, the, having the Champions League and having teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona and Liverpool and Manchester United on the front cover, because you can have those teams associated with the Champions League, always sold it to the people who don't buy video games very often and buy sort of sports games or And those sell consoles. Like, people will buy an Xbox just for football and not play anything else and those are normal people those are not us those are the people who actually like drive the prices down for us to buy our 60 dollars video games mm, yeah but yeah it just sounds like konami just they they just want to get video games out as and phase them out as like, slowly as possible just get we were ready. talking about how GTA was the most popular media product of all time. And the more I think about this, the more I'm like surprised that just FIFA, the franchise, is not the one. Because I bet it comes close. You've got to realize, probably everyone who bought FIFA also bought GTA V. The, the weird demographics, they overlap. The, we all know those demographics, the CODs, the Battlefields, the GTAs, the FIFA, the Maddens... They are a weirdly intersecting, interlinking demographic. Remember when Sony continued... I believe Sony continued manufacture of the PlayStation 2 all the way into 2009. Either that or they were like officially selling it on their storefront all the way until 2009. Just because EA kept putting out PS2 versions of FIFA well into the following generation. It's like, it's the most popular sport in the world... For, for some of the most popular video game consoles in the world. Therefore, they are the most popular video games in the world to a point where they compete with GTA and stuff. And uh, PS was the primary competitor to FIFA, which probably means that now FIFA, if not already, is going to be going to shit. Oh, as it, as it, is the pattern when this is the, EA's like, biggest, competitors can't hold on to their licenses. Like what do Konami like they have the Castlevania thing, which is just surprising. I, like why? Why Oh yeah, the mobile two D fighting game? game that reuses sprites and yeah. artwork. Well no, they've actually bought on the Japanese artist who did that. She is actually bought on back to do art. Oh yeah, Kojima. Uh, yeah. She's back and Isn't her name Kojima? I think so. Castlevania artist? Yeah, yeah, Kojima Castlevania art. Yeah. Uh, Ayame Kojima, anyways. And, you know, the other thing is like, what is it? They have Yu-Gi-Oh! Jewel Links. Obviously, Yu-Gi-Oh! makes a lot of money, but it's kind of an aside yeah. to all this. Like, Pez was Not like... my gym jam. Pez was like the, the official retail video game next to like Metal Gear Online <laughs> that Konami was just releasing. Like, it was like the last... <laughs> bastion for the konami logo to be on like a video game box and they're just like they just don't care anymore it's so weird they, it's they also obviously... the one and only place you get to see the fox engine in action <laughs> oh, other other than mgs it's so weird they just don't care anymore it's it's, it's kind are they of are they still licensing out bimani like, like, are there new Bimani games that they make? Do the arcades get to keep I, importing new songs? There is probably a bunch load of Konami 
stuff in arcades in Japan, but it's like that's not the kind of video game industry we're talking about, are we? You know, that that aside right. slides into the pachinko nonsense. So uh konami is the 12th largest game company in the world by revenue as well that's that revenue down the list actually like compared to where they used to be i I, i'm sure they were in top 10 for most of their history you make like two games every 10 years now (laughs) this is not bad is it i guess the strength of their brands is going horrifically underutilized trying to find what their most recent games are they they need to sell Metal Gear to to like SIE Japan. They need to sell Castlevania to to Capcom. Well, no, no, let's have Castlevania go to Square Enix so that they can make some like beautiful bishy characters full of belts and zippers and give give Capcom the dumb shit like Contra. Like the PlayStation 4 has been out for 4 years. And Konami has officially made one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games for the PlayStation 4. Four of which are PES games. The other I still two, think of the candy dispenser. Two, two of them being Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes, Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain, and the last one being Metal Gear Survive. That Everyone's is, favorite. That is mad. They made the PlayStation 4, they've only made seven games, four of which being the Pez franchise. And now they're just gonna like throw away. Oh my god. Bye bye, Konami. Uh speaking of normies buying more video games than the rest of us and and actually being the ones who drive the industry forward um normies like the battle royale modes these days right which i hang on i have a question about this are there people are talking about a battle royale craze based on the success of pubg and fortnite but the more i like try to look into it, it's really just two games isn't it like what other no. success what what else? What else? Well, I don't know about success stories, but there's obviously what was the other one that just went free to play the other way? The Darwin project or something? I literally have that's, to Google Battle that's Royale. Game. One. Okay, H one Z one, I guess you could count. H one Z one. Um Paladins. Um Paladins, Paladins is a battle royale. Yeah, Paladins. No, Paladins Dun- is, is like a no. Um, it's got a battle. No, no, no. It's got a battle. No, it's got a battle royale mode now as well. Oh my god! I, wow. Donkey, yeah, Donkey's, I Donkey, Donkey no made a very good video about this where he spoke Who's about different. <laughs> where he spoke about <laughs> probably some <laughs> shitty YouTuber no one knows about yeah, that I probably. never watch. But he made a good video <laughs> where he spoke about all these different games where. He used footage from the alternate <laughs> game he was talking about. <laughs> he never ripped off Donkey in any of my videos, no. Just couldn't couldn't tell which one was which. But man, it's getting it's getting, it's getting a little ridiculous, isn't well, it? There's about to be more high profile attempts at the genre because Battlefield high 5 failures. is <laughs> well, I, 
<laughs> Battlefield 5 is uh, being rumored by credible anonymous sources of really? Intrabeat to be having a Battlefield Royale mode prototyped right now. Why? Don't know if that means it's going to be in the route. I could actually... Okay. Between Call of Duty Blops 4 also having a lot of credible anonymous sources from, like, way different publications this time cropping up between, um, like, Polygon and Kotaku and the Call of Duty-specific fan site Charlie Intel... Um, they all have people inside the beast who are, like, saying the same stuff, despite not knowing each other, despite not being set up with each other. They are saying that Call of Duty Blops 4 is not going to have a campaign at all. It's just going to have your multiplayer, your zombies, and a new Battle Royale mode that is rumored might not release with the game, but maybe come a little bit later. I find it hard to imagine a Battle Royale in Call of Duty working. I find it way easier to imagine a Battle Royale working in Battlefield. In Battlefield, all you'd have to do is just, like, turn the spawn, <laughs> the respawn feature off, and then you're good. You have your team, you run around the battlefield in your danger cart, ambushing people, uh, having, like, a like... collaborative mix of vehicles and infantry to, to basically play Battlefield, but with higher stakes. But I feel like Battlefield Battle Royale would essentially just be PUBG, because the games play out the same. It would basically just be PUBG with better <laughs> Except graphics. it'd have better controls, better movement, and better game feel, because that's the whole reason I don't think I've ever been able to get into PUBG, is that the uh, engine at its core is just so jank. Even though it's a way more polished version of um, the Arma-style games, mm. it still feels clunky. Like, your character and your character's hands get stuck on so much stuff to the point where the third-person camera is the preferred way to play. And I, I, I have never really been able to just, like, get used to that game's pacing and its movement and its either of its camera systems. Uh, I want to give Fortnite a try. I've heard that it's uh something that might be more my speed there's like this frantic building element to it where towards the end of the match the players are like building cover around each other rather than the circle getting smaller it's more about expanding your base into the remaining players' base which sounds like an interesting spin but uh i could also imagine a good battle royale for battlefield i could not imagine a good battle royale for call of duty where the guns have little to no recoil and everyone dies with like one three round burst to the chest anyway like that seems like like call of duty deaths in call of duty just happen so fast and so unpredictable in PUBG, they circumvent this problem by giving everyone unreasonable amounts of health. You got something like three headshots. In Battlefield, you have like a wide field of view, flat maps where you usually can see the threats coming before they do. And uh, yeah, I, I can't speak on how Fortnite manages its uh, health and damage model, but I find it hard to imagine... Uh, <laughs> blitzing through a Call of Duty map, ramping up your kill streaks, calling in your UAVs on a giant empty map of 100 players, where I want a, a Gears of War battle royale. You you think that would work no, too? No, I, it would not I, work. <laughs> hmm, it would not work. I mean, it it. I mean, it would be cool to have a squad, but. Nah, it's, it's not like, that type like, of game. Call of Duty a, has you like reload canceling after oh every my shot. God, no. A, a Royale <laughs> swinging their axes. Yeah, like can we have a God like of War one, right? where it takes place? Swan. No, no, it takes place in a cool ass Norse cave. 
Everyone can only throw their axe at each other, and then they can snap the axe back and attack other people. Yeah, no, that it, would be you way more videos of everyone throwing the axe over and over again, just like dude. All I see in videos of Fortnite is people putting walls up in front of their face and then taking a shot every now and again. <laughs> yeah, Fortnite. Uh, I want to try Fortnite. Do you guys want to try Fortnite? Have you tried Fortnite? Yeah, yeah. Of course, oh, you back have? in beta. Okay. Back in beta. I thought, I thought oh. it was way better than PUBG. It didn't break on me. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, is that good enough to, like, warrant another shot? Should we should we become normies and do a Fortnite stream together? Fortnite stream. I mean, do I have to? Oh. You don't have to. I really Ooh. am not the type of person to play these games. Ooh. I've played four matches of PUBG. I got to like 20th in each one, but I didn't even kill. I didn't even see anyone. I was just walking around a map looking for patterns. That's patterns how in my you head. climb up the scoreboard in PUBG. You just hide in a corner by yourself until the what map gets too small. It'll be basically that. a podcast <laughs> until the end. Do you know what we should do? We should do. We should do an extra episode where we record an episode of the show whilst also playing Fortnite at the same time. <laughs> Near the I news mean, topics, that's when we'll get into a, a, a firefight. Oh I'll, my I'll God. have <laughs> I have a window open in one half of the screen. It'll be Fortnite, and then I'll have the dock in the other. And it might be a fun gimmick. I don't know. I don't know. Here at the Dad and Sons podcast, we're uh, desperate for new gimmicks. <laughs> uh, we might be trying out some new pilots bits soon. But, uh, but next but, week we do everything in one cut. <laughs> Yeah, we never turn the camera away. <laughs> we actually bring on some real life dad and sons to uh, talk to each other. <laughs> one comedically out of touch dad and one moody teenager. We could do like the break live and just watch, you know, listen to George goes to the bathroom, I guess. I mean, to be fair, all we have to do is take the theme song out because the fact is we don't ever edit this shit show, do we? <laughs> what are you talking I've like I've I've I stayed so, up George, nights there's some moments, for editing man. <laughs> I'm like George edit that out please <laughs> your hands are in good hands stay farm so speaking of putting George, things in in Weedmon <laughs> like, I, I didn't know you were going to go Comcast on me <laughs> oh god there's so much news uh, the Netherlands is pushing for EU-wide loot box res regulation. The, the Netherlands Gaming Authority has decided that loot box transaction schemes in at least four major video games these days are violating Dutch gambling legislation. They are seeking to develop standards that would regulate loot box DLC in other EAU countries as well. Uh... Panji Odensen, a spokesperson for the industry trade body of the Dutch Games Association, has said, The possibility is there. As far as I can tell, there are certain authorities, such as Belgium, that are doing their own studies right now, and I know they are harsher than us in this whole topic. They might have different findings, but this ruling could certainly influence rulings that are due to come out. I do know that they are really pushing the EU and trying to get in touch with all the different authorities in the EU member states to get one blanket precedent so the whole EU has the same ruling. What... I imagine what happened in that event is the same practices that are developed for the EU will transfer over to the American side of the business because video game companies don't want to make a whole bunch of different versions of their games, split up the player base, give the developers more bullshit work for the incredibly transparent scheme of milking the whales that 
no one is getting fooled by anymore. Um, as as happened with refunds on Steam, for example, which I think is like the prototype, the, the prototypical example for weird European legislation leading the way for a better situation for American gamers. Uh, I can imagine a similar course of action following uh, the the loot box scheme seen in in such uh, major modern video games as. Uh, Shadows of War and Battlefront 2. I wonder which four games in particular they're citing here. They don't want to name names just yet, because I guess they don't want to embarrass companies that have already suffered enough embarrassment and issued enough retractions and had shit enough long-tail sales to be dealing with uh, the negative PR that comes from such a revelation anyway. But but there are four of them that they have argued are actually breaking the laws in Netherlands. Uh, that's, um, that's, that's that story. Do, uh, we have any, uh, opinions we want to share on, uh, on such events? Have any of us, uh, like, either of us three ever had a loot box misfortune? Have, do we actually even have any experience with loot boxes? I have a very, very small amount. Like, I I would uh, cash really in play. the Steam trading cards for CSGO boxes, and not I did not get it and stopped doing it real quickly. You get some free credits in Rainbow Six Siege for loot boxes, too, and every single time I open them, I'm like, fucking why? This, this bright, like, yellow caution stripe? This eye-catching design that I can slap on my gun in this tactical shooter about being sneaky and, and flanking enemies with an element of surprise is probably not going to give you that much of a tactical advantage. In fact, it might completely work against you. I, I don't get it. I've never gotten it, but they've still made a lot of money off of off of people who uh, are totally wasting that fucking money away. And then they could be saving it for groceries that feed you and keep you alive. Yes. They or could be saving powder. it for their retirement fund so that when they're old and Social Security and Medicaid runs out because of the fucking boomers, um, they'll be able to eat food and stay alive then. Yeah, I've, I've never bought a loot box before. I've had trouble with uh, buying in-game stuff from uh, my Maple Story days, but uh, other than that... <laughs> yeah. Man, God, I was addicted to that game. Boy. Woo! Oh, boy. Speaking of Korean uh, masterpieces, Maple Story. Ah. Oh, such a masterpiece, dude. The music in that game is... Mm. Mm. <laughs> How many emotions did the game engage you with? Every emotion. Every. Did did you did you notice that that highly detailed character faces made you feel something for that character despite incredibly bad writing coming out of their mouths? <laughs> Dude, I did not care about the writing. All I cared about was grinding, talking with other people, um and 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 back then they made like you could I mean, they were everywhere. Like, people were everywhere. So you, you could talk to people randomly on a train because for some reason you did, couldn't fast did you travel. Ever, you would did have you ever to die take a in train Maple Story. that would take five minutes. Did you see a Game Over screen? No. 
Oh yeah, yeah you yeah, never well, saw a game. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Oh. I guess yeah. Okay, of course. You, you, when you oh, die. Well, what a failure of a game designer, according to David Cage, uh, lead lead wow. game designer of uh, Quantic wow. Dream Studios in France, who is suing the French media <laughs> over articles on um, very very immature, frustrating work conditions in that office. Uh, a boy. Kotaku reporter, good old Jason boy. Schreier, our our boy, Atreus. who was. Uh, <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Boy. Anyways, Jason Schreier was in Paris uh, slinging around the French translation of, of Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which is a legitimately good book. Go yeah. buy it and put up with the filler because there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, he uh, was doing a press event in Paris for the French version. He overheard representatives from uh, a publication that reported on these... Uh, Revelations of basically how <laughs> shitty David Cage and his cohorts act in the office uh, trust, from publication trust, Le Monde. Trust Jason Schreier to be the one to overhear something <laughs> shitty Some saucy about detail. Dream in Paris. It's like whoever this person was who was like, they were like, hey, hey, that's Jason Schreier. Let's why let's over talk very loudly about something Quantic <laughs> Dream have done. <laughs> He overheard that one of the Monts reporters was, quote, caught up in court, quote, which uh, gradually came to be revealed to mean preparing for a lawsuit. Uh, later on, a actual, like, full-time, well, I I don't know if Jason Schreier is full-time or a freelance for them, but Cecilia D'Anasteo was another Kotaku reporter who was doing a press event for Quantic Dream to cover Detroit and New York City, and she heard from the horse's mouth David Cage himself saying, we're so... Uh, we, we, we are <laughs> we're suing their journalists. Why? Why oh, and, um, oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. Before David Cage's PR person, like, like, waved him away and told him to shut up. So, to recap the story, sorry, uh, Le Monde and Mediapart are two French publications that are being sued. They, along with another magazine called Canard PC, broke the initial stories together. They collaborated on it. They released it the same day to reveal that at the David Cage office, there's a shared hard drive of a bunch of employees photoshopped into embarrassing, compromising positions. Uh, David Cage's right-hand man hangs in a bit too hard for those French air kisses. Uh, one time, they <laughs> saw someone of a uh, racial ethnic minority uh, breaking into their offices. Uh, David Cage turns to a Tunisian man who was uh, working, and as they were reviewing the security footage, saying, Is this one of your cousins? Um, oh, no. oh my God. There's also the inevitable uh, sore spot of the unauthorized nude model they built off of Ellen Cage's. <laughs> Helen Cage. Helen Cage. Sorry, <laughs> she, Ellen Page. She relates to David. George. <laughs> George. Oh, you think that's the bad, the worst thing you've said in this bit? Uh, Helen Cage. They, yeah, yeah. That's someone tweet woo. that. <laughs> no, don't. Let's immediately forget <laughs> it. Um, hashtag Dan and Son. That. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 had the like like anatomically correct Ellen Page nude model in their game that almost had them go through a terrifying lawsuit that that she decided to drop at the last minute because she was so frustrated of putting up with their bullshit. Do you realize it was actually a nude model of Ellen Cage and not Ellen Page? 
Yeah, it's not her likeness. It's uh, the more embarrassing one who is real frustrated and, and sad to have to work it's, on that it's project. It's David Cage's smaller sister. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> you went in such a weird direction. No. Uh. <laughs> what? David Cage is uh, like no, 50. Zoot. He's like 50. His little sister would obviously be in her 30s to 40s if he does have a sister. Oh, he's making a nude model of her. <laughs> Remember when David Cage mailed Ellen Page a binder full of childhood photos of her to try to convince her that she was perfect for this role of this CIA assassin ghost <laughs> medium girl who goes to, like, impoverished countries in Africa and blows up missile silos in North Korea? Are any and, of us going to uh, play Detroit? Uh... George, you should. I'm gonna watch the Super Best Friends playthrough. That's what I'm gonna do. I wanna George, watch. You... I need to watch. I need to play it. I need, I need to play it. Dude, Why do you need to play it? Really? Why do you need to support I, David Kahe with uh, your money? I, I can rent it from Redbox. That seems like a Redbox type of game. Well, no, that just means that Redbox is going to buy more copies of it if uh, they get good numbers of demand. With my one team. purchase? Yeah, but you're going to be contributing. Like, you could say that about your one purchase from GameSpot. It's all part of the same economy. <laughs> Sorry, I meant GameStop. Dude, I do that all the time. I'm going to go to GameSpot. <laughs> and the website? That's, that's where I go news. to buy video games. Any any more witty observations? Any more uh, sardonic jabs? David! David! Boy! <laughs> uh, let's move on to questions. All right. So Nick from Texas wants to wonder out loud if remasters of old CGI movies are going to be a thing. Uh, this guy recently rewatched The Incredibles and says, Around the scene where Mr. Incredible fights the robot in the lava pit, I realized that the CGI rendering was beginning to age rapidly before my eyes. In about the span of 30 minutes, I was shown repeatedly low-quality textures and renders that, while once considered masterclass work, could easily be rendered on a home console. Is it out of scope to think that movies like this will eventually get a retextured re-release? We see this a ton in video games. Does this seem like a trend that will venture its way into the movie market? Wait, what? Like, movies aren't rendered on a console. They're rendered via machine no, that's made to a not video. What they, they, he's they take, saying. They take, like, like what is it, like months to render those scenes? That's not what he's saying. He said it could easily be rendered yes. on a home console. It's not easy. Like, they, it takes a long time to render, like, seconds of those scenes. If and you, like, go back and watch Toy Story, I, I believe one of the marketing points for the original GameCube was that it was capable of rendering games that look like Toy Story. But I think, like, the original Toy Story from 1995, I believe it was, could be done easily. Like, so okay, actually, means, isn't there a Toy Story like world going in back Kingdom and Hearts 3? adding more detail? Correct. Uh, upping the texture resolution, which I think would not be a quick and easy fix. Like, usually that can oftentimes make games look worse instead of straight better. Well, no, yeah, would, look at the shit from Kingdom Hearts! Wouldn't it be, bam, wouldn't bam. It be you would be completely redesigning it? Look like, at how good Woody looks! Yeah, but wouldn't it be you'd be completely redesigning it? Because they designed it with whatever polygons were in mind, so you'd yeah, be exactly. adding Correct. new shit like woody's woody's jeans in this kingdom Hearts screenshot are obviously not what was originally designed so you would have to go back and almost frame for frame redraw every model let's see woody 
from Toy Story 1995. I'm going to look at a side-by-side okay. of uh, footage from the movie <laughs> Just... and compare it to Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> this picture with right. Donald looking at the Arby Sergeant is fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, Kingdom Hearts. I can't. I still can't believe it exists. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Look at these textures from 1995. Woody looks way smoother and less detailed than he does in Kingdom Hearts three. Exactly. So you'd have to go back and redraw everything. His face. (laughs) His his like eye socket balls are way more robotic in the movie. That's weird. The metallic chair behind him as well. That. Is meant to yeah, look like it has that that wall is almost Gorad shaded. Okay, huh. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a baseline. Of what I was saying before, I'm gonna actually tell you facts. Okay, it takes <laughs> facts on the bad side. Be, 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 be super right? careful with that word. Yeah, yeah. Big Hero <laughs> Six. The software took two years. All right, nice. to render two years. Nice. Two hundred million computing hours. All right. Totally like they have like cool. like CPU farms that they render the stuff on. They, they it takes a long ass yeah. time. That's why it looks so damn good. Uh, anything that they're doing in real time is like just working with extremely basic Gorad so, or so wireframe models. So the difference here is we assume now you could render Toy Story very very quickly, but if you wanted to make a completely retextured, redone version of Toy Story, it would still take 200 hours of computing power. 200 million computing hours. 200 well, million. Well, okay, I think, like, like my point is that just upping the texture resolution of old CGI movies could oftentimes end up making them look way worse. Like, a lot of times, like, you'll see a, when older remasters of games, or if you want a great example, look at the custom texture packs fan makes for Nintendo 64 games, will often have a yeah, no, no, this very is I mean. visual dissonance. Yeah, you can't just up, you can't just up-res them because the, you can't up-res what isn't there. They drew what they could at the time. If you up res it, there would still be nothing there. That's what I mean. You'd have to go back and redesign frame for frame, adding more detail. Because the detail just in- isn't there. It's not like they put all the detail in, rendered it, and it was lost because of the technology. It didn't exist. So you'd have to go back and add all the textures to Woody's jeans to make his jeans look cool and stuff like that i sure hope pixar has the source code for toy story lying around because it would be impossible otherwise they'd have to do a shot by shot remake which like might be feasible i think the thing is is that you just have to be extremely careful when trying to update and remake the aesthetics of any creative work be it star wars the special editions or or have you guys watched the original series of star trek on netflix nowadays yeah i have Dude, the ship looks terrible. Yeah. I'd rather have the action figure than the like 1995 CGI Enterprise they green screened onto there. Yeah, yeah. You start to see it after a couple years. You kind of, kind of see like where where we came from. It's just like wow. You don't even notice it back then. It's like when you go from 720p to 1080p. You're like whoa, and then you go to 4K, George, and you're like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe 4K plus HDR, but just 4K by itself. Let's not go back down that hole. Instead, let's go down Uwen H's hole. Uwen Hole says, So I have something of a recurring problem when it comes to Western RPGs. I don't know how to play them properly. Uh, He 
basically has this problem where he plays them like completionists, but he notices that the games are engineered for particular roles as thus hinting at the title of the genre, the role-playing game. Uh, he says, like, if you play an aloof, uncaring character, you have to ignore certain quests. Or if you play a gullible, naive character, you have to let yourself get cheated. Or if you want to play 100% Ice Mage, you miss out on good fire spells, etc. He confuses, or, like, is confused about whether or not this could be considered playing an RPG badly. Because a lot of modern, quote-unquote, Western RPGs are engineered to have the player be good at all of the skills available. Yeah. They've gradually, like, gone back and forth through the Bethesda RPGs. Like, uh... Morrowind was had had you forcing your character into pretty specialized systems. Oblivion was a little more broad. Skyrim was broad as shit. Fallout 4, on the other hand, they like dial their way back down to narrowing your character's skill sets as you progress, but you're still gonna be able to at least see everything on your first character, but maybe not do everything in every way, unless you get really, really liberal with the quick save system. And I don't know which system I prefer because the games can be engineered both ways for very specific goals in mind. Like, I, I think I think Skyrim's problems mostly stem from bad writing and uninteresting side quests more so than an overly broad, overly vague uh, RPG leveling system. I I like um, the specializations that the fallouts will oftentimes have your character get narrowed down to. I believe that this is a mechanic to create replay value. People, I have a friend who will like replay Baldur's Gate 2 four or five times a year, every year since like 2006, and they still claim to be seeing new stuff. That's really cool. I appreciate that. But I don't want to say it's like a hard and fast rule of whether or not you're playing the game badly. I think the important thing to try to narrow down in on is, number one, for your first time through, when you're learning the game, try to play it the way you think it's intended to play. But then after you get used to it and figure out what you want out of it, just play it the way you find is fun. I think I, I think you were right when you say they're very broad. Like, when I, when I personally play these games, they, there's not enough in-depth difference between playing a certain way that makes it interesting enough to go down these paths i just end up choosing the option that at the time of making that decision seems interesting it's the same as playing god of war right now putting your skills in different areas it doesn't seem that vastly important you just have a sort of all-round character Unless it's like something like D and more D and D esque related games that are, uh, you know, like the old Fallout games that have what is the system called? I forget what the system's called. Um, uh, GURPS. It was like GURPS, a generic yeah, universal GURPS. role playing system. Yeah. They they modified it into special, I believe. Is yes, the story yeah, they for became that. special. Yeah, so games like that that the gameplay really does completely change depending on the the way you play. It's kind of just... Oh, changing your character's gender in those old RPGs was always really fun. Because, like, people really will, like, talk to you differently. Like, like on a line-by-line basis sometimes. Because that was before they had voice acting where they had to, like, hire a voice actor to re-record their lines for different genders. Well, that's the thing is, those games, it it mattered. It, It... Mm-hmm. In other more broad Western RPGs, I think even like The Witcher Three and stuff like that, it's kind of just like you're already playing mm. the character. The character exists. The character is that 
a certain way. Skyrim yeah, is The Witcher just... 3 is one of those broad systems I'd consider too. Like, like you are playing a Witcher, but you have no other options than playing a Witcher. And your Witcher is like gradually going to become good at all the three things, but, but a little bit better at one of, of the three things. You already know what kind of character Geralt is anyway. Yeah. You know, he he is a certain way. And when an option comes up and you, you do something that wouldn't seem very Geralt-like... Kind of breaks your immersion a little bit. You're like, what the? What? Carol wouldn't do that. What? That wasn't the reaction I was expecting, or something. So, I think I think it depends. There is no right or wrong way to play any RPG. Well, we all know that uh, Dex runs and Dark Souls are uh, the official way to play. Maxing up your poison resistance in swimming and Deus Ex is uh, the way the developers want you to play too. So, have you ever walked out of a movie theater? Thomas M. wants to know if you ever walked out of a movie theater. (laughs) If so, what was the movie? I haven't. I actually haven't either. I love movies, so I watched to the end, even if it's garbage. Way back in childhood, me and my dad would actually be real scumbag pieces of shits. And just, uh, yeah, pieces of multiple shits. And would actually walk from theater to theater... In the olden days, and, and just just to find one we liked. Hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, I was like 11, and we went into Scary Movie 2, and my dad was like, eh, eh, you don't get any of these jokes. I don't know if I feel comfortable with you getting these jokes. And I was just like, yeah, I don't get any of these jokes. Then we uh, watched in, walked into like some Jet Li action movie <laughs> That's and had a good fun George. time. Yeah, I don't get yeah. any of these jokes. <laughs> well, they were adult. They were very adult jokes, as I would later find out, were actually very immature jokes. Isn't that weird? How like when you're a kid, things that are like mature and for adults gradually become more ma- immature as you grow up. I don't know. Like Grand Theft Auto watch... just looks so childish nowadays yeah. to me. And then yeah. I watch episodes of SpongeBob, and there are some adult jokes hidden away into that that are just so fucking good. Yeah, like this just flies over kids' heads. Yeah, and those are the best because Bob you can totally different light. Yeah, can tell they're not trying. Uh, I think I. Oh God! I've never walked out of a movie I hated, but one time in high school, I brought a bunch of friends, the like weeb crowd. We weren't in the anime Shit. club, but we were in the writers' guild wow. club. And uh, we went on a movie night to the local theater, us like 16, 17 year old teenagers, and I wanted to show them good night and good luck because I wanted to be a journalist when I was growing up. And I enjoyed watching uh, Edward R. Murrow just like blindly state at the camera that a senator was crazy when rolling unedited footage of this crazy senator drunkenly stumbling their way into revoking people's civil liberties. And they didn't get it. They actually walked out because they got bored of this incredibly powerful, beautiful, (laughs) very mature adult movie and wanted to go watch uh, A Geisha's Tale, I believe was the name of it instead. If ever you wanted to know George's superhero backstory, that was that. What is is the name of that movie? That was George's superhero backstory. Memoirs of a Geisha. They they walked out of uh, Good Night and Good Luck because they... They, the, the fucking weebs wanted to watch memoirs of a geisha instead. That was just, George's superhero backstory. What? No, I don't. He is the man today because of that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I had to prove him wrong. 
People do care what about things. What do you think of that, the, 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 the Corey Hames? Anyways. Uh, Thomas M. also wants to know, what is your favorite game that no one else likes, or a game that you like, which the majority of people you know don't like? Super Mario Odyssey. I like Super Mario Odyssey! I think it's super cute! I love it! Kingdom Hearts is probably mine. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is a <laughs> wow, multiple-selling franchise with high reviews! <laughs> no, it's just the fact that we've had two mentions of Kingdom Hearts on this show. It makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm going to try to think up of something real. Oh, 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 I know the one. Ooh, I know the one. And I will push buttons by saying this right the hell now, in fact. This is a game that, that has not even, like, aged out of its hate. Are you guys ready? Are you guys fucking ready for me to drop this bomb? No this man, no sky. <laughs> no, no, fuck that game. It's a boring piece of shit. Man, no man, no sky. No man, no sky. <laughs> No man, I, no sky. <laughs> unless you guys have have a similar bomb to drop, I'm ready to drop the I, bomb I, here. I think I have a bomb. I think I have okay, a bomb. Okay, okay. Okay, let's hear Liam's bomb first, then. Oh, you think your bomb is better than my bomb? Assassin's I don't know. Creed's Origins. <laughs> <laughs> no, Unity. The one where people's faces fall out of their skulls. <laughs> their faces melt off. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna keep yelling out random crap if you guys just go. <laughs> Bioshock Infinite. Hmm. Hmm. Because I still consider that like, yeah, yeah. People shit all over that game. That game was that like was a game that is people liked for like the first two weeks. Yeah, that is the atypical high of the high masterpiece. Yep. Everyone thinks it's the bomb. Two, like three God years later, everyone fucking despises it. <laughs> yeah, there's race. We we went man. into this last week, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, the black Infinite. people fighting oppression are just as bad as the white people oppressing them. Because Bioshock Infinite is, is is a good game. It's just wrecked by the last level. But it's the last fucking level. Up until that point, it's a fun, interesting game. It has a beautiful world and is kind of fun to play. The Skyhook things were all right. And I I'm, guess my uh... guilty pleasure is I play FIFA because I like football. There you go. You mean soccer? No. I certainly do not. Oh. What's soccer, then? It's soccer like is... American football, but they play it with a ball you hit with your foot oh, that sounds, instead of that, your hands. That sounds like soccer. FIFA sounds like soccer. No, I, FIFA, FIFA is soccer. Hell? I just refuse to say soccer. <laughs> God damn it, man. America is so fucked because we call football football when it really it should be called, like, handball or armball. <laughs> you kick football it, like, once as every, a name like, for the sport few makes... minutes. Whereas actual yeah. football has it, yeah, foot to balls you, contact all the time, twenty four seven. Twenty four seven ball contact. George, what is the bomb? Gone home. Eh, I don't think that's as bad as you think. I don't really? know, man. Like some of the you circles like who hang home. out with me. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, and I, I've I. Wait, you didn't know that? I, I put a very positive review on it. I'm, I'm infamous for liking Gone Home. And I think it's a, um, like, basically minigame condensed version of a lot of the same appeal I get out of Deus Ex. And, and, and the shocks, the system shocks. It's uh, very much an 0451 game without the combat and a more uh, domestic story. And I thought for what it was, it was a neat, fun little tale of breaking video game norms and expectations. But yeah, doing I, I it just in a so safe, conventional way with real a... that it's so weird to hear that you you were actually human before. 
<laughs> there was once a time where I had like dreams and aspirations before it was going before on my this vendetta trip to my the cinema. former high school friends. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what about you? Oh, suspiciously I said, I said quiet. Kingdom Hearts. Oh yeah. Does that apply? I thought that, I thought that wasn't re- I thought that wasn't a real answer. No, no, I, I really do like Kingdom Hearts. I I, yeah. <laughs> I really do like it. Even though like I can agree that it's kind of trash, it, I just really like. But it trash. has like the most rabid fan base, so I don't think it counts as that. It doesn't no count, does likes. it? Yeah, I think it's more as like everyone takes the piss out of. Everyone. Pretty God. much. I, it can't be too human. I don't like the game that much. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I don't like the game that much. Yeah, Do there's a difference between rain? like. Can we count Heavy Rain? Because that game is. Trash. Heavy Rain is like the most enjoyable David Kahe game, though. <laughs> it's the one that makes the most sense. It's the one that has the Why most is entertaining Kahe accents. So funny to me. I don't know. I mean. Whenever it comes to David Cage, we're going to be stealing. I'm going to be stealing a lot of jokes from the Super Best Friends, and I cannot wait to see their playthrough of Detroit. That's Detroit. Detroit, because that game's going to get a D, a a D minus from the teachers. What's the subtitle again? Become Become human. Become human. Which is what wow. David K. James to do with his unauthorized nude model of Ellen Page. He must have watched a lot of Westworld. Yeah. He's gonna plug her into a like a silicon body mold and oh, <laughs> strap on the VR headset and step into the stirrups. Oh, <laughs> and then and then it's gonna it's gonna like rev up some engines with the ripcord he has to tear. <laughs> The power outlet blows from all the stuff plugged in the wall. So if you'd like to send an email that you'd like us to read on the Dan Zones, even if you are David Kahahe, and you'd like to report some... If you'd like to sue us, you can send emails to danzonespodcast at gmail.com. Ellen, Ellen Cage. Obviously, there is no bar for standards whatsoever, so fire away. Old cannons, bow, how, eastward, whatever. And remember, you're a 10 out of 10. He's just like, Italian. he's just like sweating all over the silicon body mold of Ellen Cage. I love you, Ellen Cage. <laughs>